Do you like ASMR? I like ASMR. I have never been a fan of ASMR until that video I sent you guys. What one? This one. Oh, I didn't like that. Oh one. my god, this? That one doesn't slap. I like it when they whisper it into the oh! into the microphone like they're cutting your hair or something. That one like does something to my body. It's called ASMR. I've never Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. I have never experienced that until that video. Oh really? And I need more. Welcome to episode 17 of Two Servings of Fruit. Isn't My name 18? is Janine. Isn't this 18? No. This is the one that's going up on Monday. Nina West was 16. Oh. We'll never fucking know what episode we're on at the start. We're on an episode of Two Servings of Fruit. Welcome to CBC Radio. Welcome to CBC Radio. This is how they talk on CBC Radio. Welcome to Cybers High Radio. Yeah. No, they probably talk with a thick Canadian accent. That's not it. That but. sounded a little Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Almost try it. Do a Canadian accent. It's about time, eh? That was good. Welcome to CBC. That's a little Minnesota. This is like Minnesota. Minnesota yeah, it's a little much. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little heavy. Anyways. Anyways. Today's topic is Big Brother. We're talking about Big Brother. Do you this know is what a Big niche Brother episode. Is? This is a niche episode. This is an episode that will remind you that this is our show and we'll talk about whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. We meant it when we said that. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about we talk about reality TV sometimes here. We did a whole episode on the Real Houses of Potomac. One only. singular fight. One singular. <laughs> fight for a whole episode so it, you shouldn't be surprised we're talking about big brother if you don't know what big brother is if you don't know what big brother is then you should grow up like well actually let's do our weird shit of the week first okay <laughs> okay pivot um, pivot Pivot. I was watching. I watched the Friends reunion yesterday. I know you don't like Friends, but... I don't dislike Friends. There's a moment... A, Liam hates Friends. There's a moment... I don't hate Friends, There's a moment douche. where um, Ross, Chandler, and Rachel are carrying a couch up the stairs, mm-hmm. and Ross just shouts, Pivot! And it's so funny. <laughs> you had to be there. Anyways, Ridge of the Week. Yeah. Q Jingle. Q Jingle. Q Jungle. What's your weird shit of the week? My weird shit is awesome. This is from the Toronto Sun. Headline is, just, I have to get ready for this awesomeness. (laughs) Chicago's solution to rat problem, 1,000 feral cats. Oh, feral (laughs) cats. That's terrifying. Feral cats are cute. They're just like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? You just say feral cats are cute? Yes. uh, Feral cats are still cats. Do you know what feral means? Yeah, they're not in a house. They're feral loose. is Latin for will fucking kill you. I don't think that's true. That is true. Check it's it. not like he's it's not like the Chicago mayor is throwing out a bazillion killer cougars. cats. Get, well, all cats are predators, so killer cats. I hate cats. I've met, Oh my god. I actually don't hate cats. I just strongly dislike them. I don't like the word hate. <laughs> oh, you don't like the word hate? Well, guess what? We don't like you. There are select cats that I've interacted with in my life that I love and adore. One's name is Mrs. Wilma Whiskerson. Shout out to oh you. God. She was a hairless cat. Anyways, oh. I love hairless cats. Anyways, love her, don't miss like her dearly. I, she, I don't know if she's still alive. Anyways. Cats are so adorable. I think cats are cute. And I like I like to watch cats like play and chase things and be cute little cats. But I'm so tense when I interact with a cat because I know that cats will just do whatever they want. And if a cat is annoyed with you, it'll fucking let you know. And I'm always so tense and tight. Like, is this cat going to fucking well, scratch my eyeball out? They don't go that intensely. It's They sense your energy, too. Cats are very smart. Well, maybe that's the beings. problem because I have such a... Horrible energy. An- oh, so it's your fault. Okay. energy. So it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah, no, I accept that. It's, it's your fault. fault. It's not the cat's fault. <laughs> Anyways, I think this is awesome. They're basically... I didn't know this, but um, Chicago has released a thousand feral cats into the city since 2012 because it has the reputation of rat capital of the U.S. I would have thought rat capital would be New York. Yeah. Chicago? Chicago, which really goes to tell you, wow, there must be a lot of fucking rats in Chicago. Like a lot. 
Does this mean you're never visiting Chicago? I had no intention to go to Chicago ever. Oh, Anyways. I would like I would like to visit Chicago. Yeah, Abby wants to go to Chicago too. I don't really see the appeal. Oh. If I'm going to travel to somewhere in the States, like nowhere, like it is not high on my list. Well, I want to go to places in the States that are like not so, like everyone wants to go to New York. Of course I want to go to New York, but everyone wants to go to New York and LA and Mm -hmm. and Miami. (laughs) I want to go to the South. Like I want to go to New Orleans. I want to go to Texas. Yeah, I do want to go to Texas. I want to go to like, just like the old historic East Coast I've wanted to go to New Orleans for a long time. New Orleans would be so cool. Nala. Nala from the Lion King. Nala. They call it Nala. <laughs> Anyways, so when did this happen? I'm this imagining has been happening. Oh, I'm I'm imagining like it's one big event and they have crates and crates of feral no. beastly cats and then someone <laughs> someone counts down 3 2 <laughs> just, 1 and all the cages open that and would the be really inefficient run out cats are territorial first and foremost so even if you if you had them all together they'd probably start killing each other so you wouldn't even have a thousand cats i didn't know liam was such a fucking feline expert yeah idiot but it's called the cats at work program and it's um basically they use neutered cats to tackle the rodent problem and they are placed two or three at a time into residential oh, commercial settings in order to provide environmentally friendly rodent control that's aka boring. they let the cats murder the rats <laughs> i love this program i'd much rather have a thousand cats than a thousand rats um yeah <laughs> i just wish it was more of an event i mean just like i wish it was more of a spectacle like kind of like cat apocalypse <laughs> i'm not the cat apocalypse jesus christ <laughs> anyways that was a good weird shit i think that's awesome yeah my weird shit is from Huffington Post. I feel like it always is. Mine was Toronto Samba. Because I always go to Huffington Post first, and I'm <laughs> and always just... too lazy to go to a different website. So <laughs> the headline is This 111 year old Australian man's longevity secret is clucking strange. Retired cattle rancher Dexter Kruger. Horrible name. <laughs> yeah, that's a killer's name. Dexter. Two. Yeah, literally Dexter and then Freddy Kruger. Yeah, sorry. That dude definitely didn't stay alive because he fucking clucked. He stayed alive because he injected himself with the blood of the innocents. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> anyways. Um, Murderer. Anyways, Dexter Kruger credits eating chicken brains for his long life. Oh, wait, I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> when you say clucking, I figured he just clucked and he's like, the reason I live so long is because I clucked. <laughs> and I think chicken brains is a metaphor for some sort of human organ. <laughs> Because I'm sure this man's a murderer. (laughs) Australia's oldest ever man has included eating chicken brains among his secrets to living more than 111 years. He's almost... Oh, he's halfway to 112. Chicken brains. You know, chickens have a head and in there there's a brain. (laughs) Is that what he said? Yeah. (laughs) This quote... Okay. I gotta read this quote. Okay. Jesus. (laughs) Chicken brains. You know, chickens have a head, and in there, there's a brain, and they are delicious little things. Jeez. (laughs) There's only one little bite. (laughs) Eek. How often does he eat it? That's a direct quote from Dexter Kruger. Dexter. (laughs) His son is 74. Like, that's so crazy. Whoa, that is actually really crazy. (laughs) His son said it's not the chicken brains, it's his simple outback lifestyle. (laughs) Outback steakhouse. (laughs) Outback. Oh yeah. My God. Oh, you know, chickens have a head, and in there, there's a brain. <laughs> that's actually good advice. <laughs> that's actually good advice. Anyways, that's something weird shit. That's pretty awesome. Would you eat chicken brains to stay alive? No. I mean, if it was like, oh, you need to eat chicken brains to live, I'd be like, okay. I don't want to be alive to 111. That'd be kind of crazy. That would be a little insane. Like once I reach, 80? he saw he lived through two pandemics. Literally, once I reach 80 i'm like okay what else is there to do <laughs> just kidding just kidding i'm not ageist i just personally don't want to live past 80 i'm gonna live forever i really want to live die. past 40 if i'm being really honest jesus christ Chase. knock on wood yeah i don't know what's wood in here none of this is real wood it's a cheap apartment <laughs> <laughs> anyways on to big brother canada what were your um what are your thoughts on just big brother in general let's just start with well why don't we define big brother to people who don't know because maybe people are listening just because they love us and our bubbly personalities yeah. Uh, yeah yeah big brother is a reality competition series slash social experiment i don't know where it started the u.s i think or the uk i think it might be the uk one of them started in the u.s or uk i'm not familiar with the uk version or the australia version i just 
just know US and Canada because I know that those ones have different formats, mm-hmm. like the public votes. But anyways, BBUS, BB stands for Big Brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> how many house guests? I don't know, like about 20-ish. Yeah, 20-ish house guests go in a house. They're blocked off from the outside world completely. No phones, no Wi-Fi, no whatever. No clocks. No, yeah. I, that shocked me that they didn't know what time it was. Isn't but, that weird? But anyways, and they... So disorienting. Fight to the death, period. <laughs> it's literally essentially that. Can you explain the competition system? Okay, so basically the way Big Brother works is you want to be the last person in the house. And to be the last person in the house... Every week, you have to evict someone. The vote happens where the entire house, excluding the person who nominates two people and the two people nominated, vote for someone to be evicted. But how do noms work? Fuck, we gotta go away. Okay, okay, okay. let's start. Let's start at the beginning. (laughs) The beginning of every week, there's a competition for the head of household. When you are the head of household, you are a sole person who is safe from eviction, and you can decide who will be the two nominees for eviction. After that, the two nominees, the head of household, and three players chosen at random play in the power of veto. If you can, if you win the power of veto, you have the option to take off one of the nominees or leave them the same. If you take one off, the head of household has to na- nominate someone else. He cannot nominate the person who has the power of veto or the person who was saved. And then there's two house guests, and then the house votes on those two house guests. And that is very quick, simple. Yes. Explanation. There's, there's a, a lot way. more nuance there. Yeah, there's a lot of twists that happen. Social games, important. Yes. It's not because, all about comps. Like, no, it's so. not. Because in Big Brother, it is, like I said, it is a social experiment. Yeah. Inherently, because not only are these people cut off from society, but they're also competing with each other. Yeah. So it's like this very layered interaction where a lot of people become very paranoid, anxious, tense, and it leads to great TV. Yeah. I would even say it's mostly not about the comps, honestly. <laughs> no, I but, would agree. Um, we do have a guest today. Forgot to mention our guest today is Latoya Anderson. From Big Brother Canada Season 9. Yes, Big Brother Canada Season 9 just wrapped. Mm-hmm. A month ago? Less than a month ago? Something like that. Yeah. Really shortly ago. <laughs> really <laughs> shortly ago. Jesus. Anyways, <laughs> Latoya is here to talk to us about her time in the house. And that might give you some more insight just hearing from someone who is in the game. Yeah. It I is... want to be in the game. Yeah. Me and Chase have both auditioned for Big Brother. We both made it to the same level. We got a call back and that was it. <laughs> Nothing further. Nothing further. But one day, uh, one day we will be on Big Brother Canada. Yeah, for sure. I've auditioned for Big Brother Canada every year I was eligible. This was my first time auditioning this last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did it when I was just 19 and then I did it every year since then. I've watched Big Brother US and BB Can as long as I can remember. Me too. I've never auditioned. Never auditioned. Yeah, that's crazy that you didn't ever do that. A game that is often referred to as similar to Big Brother is Survivor, but Survivor is honestly less strategic. Survivor has a lot more, I feel like, physical elements. Like, Mm -hmm. the physicality that Survivor requires is a lot more important. I think I'm going to try out for Survivor. And Big Brother. I want to go on Survivor 2. I think I would hate the experience. I would absolutely hate it too. However. It'd be fun. It might help with my next Big Roller audition. (laughs) (laughs) I I love patting my resume. I would be great television. Like, I would be like. I think it'd be. I know. I think I would really hate it. I think. I really would. But I also think I'd have a good time because I would just kind of have to be. A mess. I would not be resourceful. But anyways, we're not talking about Survivor. They give you a handbook, I've heard. We're talking about Big Brother. Yeah. Big Brother, you don't get a handbook. Also, Survivor's challenges are way harder. Survivor's challenges are harder, but anyone can vote out anyone. And there's like only sometimes an immunity idol. Only one person who's safe. Yeah. The rules and restrictions around Big Brother make it much more strategic, I think. Complex. Especially when it comes to the voting. Yeah. Very Anyways, much so. Big Brother, what's your favorite thing about it? Um, my favorite thing about Big Brother is probably the social aspect, like the the talking game. It's always mm-hmm. kind of like, like, I love the strategy behind it. I'm very into politics and Big Brother is inherently a political game, I think. If you were to get into Big Brother, what would your strategy be? I thought that I would be, you know, the one who lies and is so manipulative and stuff. And I think I could still do that. But I'm also just like, I think I'd be, honestly, I don't know if I'd be very good at Big Brother. (laughs) When I'm in it, I feel like I'd be 
a little I feel like I'd just be a secret keeper and I'd be not as much of like a powerhouse player but maybe not I also think when push comes to shove I'm much better under pressure than I am like in situations where I don't have that kind of pressure but I'm also I I'm not good at lying it's all yeah I'm really not good at lying that's a problem (laughs) I know I'm pretty good at lying (laughs) I am pretty good at lying actually so I'm like a little too I want to be a baddie but I think I'd be more like I don't know I don't really know I think you wouldn't know until you're in it I'm also good at being like being fake I'm good at being fake I do think it's very like obviously because we've auditioned we have an idea of how we would perform in the house Mm -hmm. but once you're in there I feel like it's just like so different yeah so different yeah, and that's so true. situational and so I think I would get into I think I'd have mostly a lot of friends, but I think I'd get into a lot of fights. So the first five mm-hmm. house guests who get evicted, they just go home. Yeah. <laughs> the the rest of them go on jury and they're sequestered for the rest of the show and then they eventually vote who wins. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like the first four or five house guests that go, it's just so circumstantial who goes home it's like first impressions mm-hmm. and who's in power mm-hmm. like once you get further down it's like okay like how is this gonna affect me when i get to final four or final mm-hmm. you know like it's so much more complex like and i feel like if you're on the block it's so much easier to not easier but so much you have more to work with when it comes to like swaying people's choices for who to get rid of and and it's in a different vein i also think that like if you're on the block and you're that far down chances are they have the votes to get rid of you, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, there's a reason. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're on man out. You know, it's very... Big Brother is a game of strategy and luck. Well, that's why this season of Big Brother Canada was so good, because I hate on Big Brother, and this is what happens on US now, is it's a major alliance, and they just maintain the power the whole fucking season, yeah, so get rid boring. of everyone, and one of them wins. Yeah. Like, fuck off. It's just boring. For one, everyone naturally roots for the underdog. Yeah. And it's so frustrating to root for the underdog and then the same alliance wins, 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 wins. And that's what was good about Big Brother Canada is like... You got to push and pull. We had two big alliances this season and power continuously started... Shifting? Shifting. And that's the best. And people started... Like alliances crumbled and people backstabbed. Like it was a great season of Big Brother. That's what I mean by inherently political too. The shifting relative balance of power is so interesting. Yeah. And I think how that creates instability in the house is what makes it so much fun. When there's just one hegemonic power in the house, it's like, ugh. Big Brother is also a great show for bringing to light people you might not necessarily see on other reality shows. I think Big Brother Canada does this more so than Big Brother US. Yeah, I was about to say, Big Brother US. We're really just talking about Big Brother Canada because it is the best Big Brother right now. Yeah. Like, globally, I think... People who watch Big Brother just know that. Big Brother US is pretty consistently white jocks and, and popular girls. Yeah, Big Brother and US two weirdos. Is, like a, is like a catty competition bachelor. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, boring. And also, it's like, oh, we're at the pool. Cool. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> no, Big Brother Canada, especially this season, was the most diverse Big Brother in history mm-hmm. and showed a lot of different Canadians. Yeah. Which was awesome. And then not only was it just, like, showcasing how diverse Canada is and the types of people and just, like, so many interesting perspectives, it was also just, like, interesting to see how, like, they have that they have that aspect of it and then they still stuck to the game. So many people of color in the house this season and so many queer house guests, mm-hmm. a trans house guest with Julie Vu and so many queer house guests, mm-hmm. like... It was awesome, yeah. One thing that's also really great about Big Brother, me just gushing over Big Brother, is like if you're not a fan of reality TV because you think it's fake or you know, like it feels staged and they do yeah. shit over again and whatnot, Big Brother. Drag race. <laughs> Drag race. <yeah. laughs> or like, you know, just any reality TV in general, Big Brother, they don't have that. Like they don't have that option. Nothing there's is no, fake. No, they literally can't. Because these people are like, they don't interact with anyone Anyone. outside of the house there's no way for unless the producer no even the production team like when you're in the diary room you don't actually see them you don't even hear them they just ask you questions yeah and then i think you i guess you do hear them then but they you don't like converse with them yeah you don't ever see them or anything like that alone like there's such a limited role that the production can play so it's literally just like people 
making the show themselves. Yeah. And while like looking at other reality competition shows like The Bachelor or Drag Race, mm-hmm. it's you are shown an episode that is crafted out of a very short amount of time relatively that they filmed. Mm-hmm. Big Brother, like the live feeds, you can watch the live feeds, they're on unless they cut them for a comp or a spoiler or whatever, mm-hmm. they're on twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Literally these people are you can watch them all day long yeah like so there's not a lot of privacy not a lot of privacy but not a lot of fakeness that is able to to foster in that environment like you can't be fake 24 hours a day seven days a week like literally it's just big brother it's just like a whole thing of its own yeah those people must get insanely horny Oh my, well, Big Brother, like, I've seen the earlier seasons of Big they Brother used to US. Just fuck. They used to just have sex, and it Literally. would be on the live feeds, them having sex. Literally. It's like, whoa! I and feel they're, like all, the, they're all asleep in the same room together, too. And I think th- I think it actually has happened on Big Brother US in pre- recent seasons as well. But oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever, has it happened on Big Brother Canada? Like, I've seen live feeds where they're talking about how they had sex. <laughs> <laughs> like but the, they were like no live feeds people. of the sex? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure you could find it. Either way. Like, like did Beth and Jed have sex? They were the showmans this season. Did they have sex? Maybe. Probably hooked up. I want to know. I mean, like, did you guys have sex? I don't want to see, because I don't really want to see Beth ever again in my life. But, um... (laughs) 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 But I want to know... If they had sex? Yeah. I remember hearing that in the U.S. they used to give up... They used to have, like, a bowl of condoms. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello, these grown adults are locked in the house 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, Well, why don't they all just get tested for STDs before they go in? <laughs> yeah, testing for STDs prevents pregnancy, everyone. You heard it here first. Oh, I forgot they're straight. <laughs> oh, if only Big Brother was only gays. <laughs> now that would just be... Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, that would be graphic. That would be really graphic. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have enough footage to air. No. It'd be censored, the whole thing. <laughs> Anyways. Have you seen, like, like videos from, like, a gay cruise? I saw that cruise that capsized. Oh, yeah. And that was God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You can't say that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gay. There's the gay, the gay bachelor. I forgot what that's called. Yeah. I think it's called Mr. Right or something. Yeah, and that didn't go Contestants well. Contestants right? started having sex with each other. Of course they did. I don't, we're not, I'm not trying to reflect gay people in an oversexualized like way, but. No, but I am. It's just the human body. Yeah, I don't think gay Big Brother would ever work. <laughs> Anyways, that's Big Brother. If you're listening to this, put us on your show. I'm not the, hey, if you're a Big Brother, Robin Cass, she's put still us. doing Big Brother Canada. Yeah, she's she not is. doing the US anymore. Robin Cass. Robin Cass. Cast us. Cast us. This would be a good reference point for my next Big Brother audition video when I say, I'm on a podcast. And then I can just cut to a clip of me like, cast me on Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, my podcast is called Cast Me. And I just shout, cast me. You, you actually, you know what I did in high school is I was like, I've always been obsessed with Big Brother. But yeah. I was like, you know, it would be a great thing is if I can get myself voted most likely to be on Big Brother Canada. So I got them to put that as a category for the superlatives. And you lost. I won. Oh, okay. And then I, now I have this video of me in, at my grad being like, what did I win, everyone? Like, I'm I'm, ex- I'm accepting this award. And everyone's <laughs> like, most likely to be Canada. And I'm like, yes. Liam forcing everyone to say that. Every <laughs> single be, person in his I grad a, class. I made like a, how many people are my grad? I think like maybe probably like 150 people came to the actual grad. Because not everyone goes. And um, I was like, okay, everyone. <laughs> Your turn. You're up. Yeah. Like, you guys get to announce what I won now. Congratulations Liam, to me. Liam's standing <laughs> at the entrance to the banquet hall. <laughs> Before you can go in, what did I win? Literally, I was the MC too. So I had made Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus. That was really what fun. What a freak. Yeah, Anyways, that was really awesome. That's Big Brother. I don't know if that really even clarified anything to people who don't know. I'm thinking people who listen to this episode probably know the If the, you don't know what Big Brother is, show, again, if you don't know what Big Brother is, you need to go watch it because it is actually one of the best ins- reality competition shows absolutely ever, just if cool. not the best. Big Brother Canada season five. Whoa. Yeah. Let's just say whoa. So we're gonna talk to Latoya, and that will give you more insight into what being in the house and outside of the house afterwards is mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. So, and there was some drama. 
drama. I'm in drama. There was some drama <laughs> with Latoya and other house guests. I think actually, if I was on the show, I'd be a big shit stirrer. Named Julie Vu. Yeah. You heard it here first. They didn't hear her first, probably. No, they didn't. It's public <laughs> knowledge. Anyways, you'd be a shit stirrer. Yeah, I'd be a shit stirrer. I think. Yeah, I feel like I would play. Similar to how Brayden from this season played, where he made friends with a lot of people and was just really likable, mm-hmm. um, which well, would be me being fake. Because, I was going to uh, say likable. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> not approachable nor likable. But anyways, <laughs> um, I would amp it up. And then he started to win like a decent amount at of a certain stuff. point and started to make moves. Well, I liked Brayden. I want him on the podcast. Hey, Brayden. <laughs> Maybe he's listening. Probably. Hey, Brayden. <laughs> Probably not, actually. But hey, Brayden, come on our podcast. To serenespod at gmail.com. Email us. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're going to our interview now. Yeah, okay. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, That's our intermission music. Okay. Latoya Anderson was a house guest on Big Brother Canada Season 9, the most recent season. She is a police officer from Pickering, Ontario, and she also has her own swimwear line, Nude Swimwear. Please welcome to the pod, Latoya. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, good. I love your backdrop here. You've got so many plants. Thank you. Thank you. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It is a vibe. It is. <laughs> yes, we're super excited to talk with you today. We're literally both obsessed with Big Brother, so I don't even know if this is like super like on topic for our podcast, but we're just like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta. Literally. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you guys reached out. I'm happy to talk to you guys today. So, yeah. So, I guess to start, I just wanted to ask um, just why you auditioned for the show. Like, were you a fan before? What made you want to be on? So, I actually am not a super fan. Um, I've watched Big Brother in the past, but I definitely had to binge watch a few seasons before going on to the show. And I'm definitely a person that I like to step outside of my comfort zone. I like to try new things. I like to live life to the fullest. I like to challenge myself. And so this was definitely a challenge for me. And it was also another way to create a platform where for me, I think one of the goals and being on the show and one of the things that I wanted to exemplify was, you know, a strong Black woman, a multifaceted woman. So I think that this platform gave me that space to do that and to represent all sorts of women across Canada, across the world. And so I'm grateful for that. And so that's really, um, I guess, the drive behind me wanting to be on Big Brother. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Do you feel like, um, like, do you feel like the response to that was positive as well? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you're always going to have your haters. You're always going to have people that don't like you. It's just the name of the game. It is what it is. Like, you know, not everybody's going to love you or how you play or, you know, who you align yourself with in the game. But I definitely think that I did execute that. I definitely have been getting a lot of great feedback from my community, from people from that I don't know all over Canada, all over the world, really, who have reached out and who have said, you know, like, thank you for being who you are and for staying true, for staying authentic. You are an example for, you know, for them, for maybe like for their kids, you know, when I'm on duty, I've gone back to work now. And, you know, I've, I have moms stopping me saying that, you know, they're telling their young daughters that, you know, like you can be like her, like that's a win for me. Like that's special to me. And that is so important. And that's always what I want to exemplify. That's the, 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 that's the example that I want to set um, for women and for, for people who are watching Big Brother um, to just be a representation, to be a good representation. And now that you are, back to work and outside of the house like how do you feel being back in the normal routine at first it was a little scary I'm not gonna <laughs> lie it was a little uncomfortable um because now all sorts of people recognize me right um so that's a bit weird that you know sometimes I'm on duty and somebody will like literally come up to me and be like Latoya and I turn around and I'm like hi <laughs> And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's a bit weird. It's 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 a little bit of an adjustment for me, but I'm getting used to it. 
Um, I appreciate all the love and support that I've been getting. You know, for me, being a police officer, it's also another great way to build connections with the community, to build that rapport. And I think that being in this role on Big Brother, it's helped people to just see me as a person. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like the person behind the uniform, the person behind the badge. And people are definitely seem anyways, a lot more comfortable approaching me because I think they saw the human aspect of who I am. And when they see me now, they don't just see the uniform, you know, they see LaToya. And that's, that's important. And I think that that helps to build that that gap and that bridge between, you know, police officers and the community, especially for those who maybe don't trust um, police officers or don't trust the system. So mm-hmm. I think that's definitely important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on like the note of just like coming back in a society, I feel like, like for me, at least when I put myself in the situation of just like, okay, you're on a show where you're like literally completely cut off from the world and then you just get thrown back into it. Like, was it weird just holding your phone again? Like, how did you get back to just being even like connected to the internet? So to be honest with you, I, my caregiver, my best friend, she had been managing like everything and stuff like that. So I actually didn't get back to my phone right away, right away. I still had her managing, like, you know, my Twitter, my Instagram, she was doing all that for me for maybe the first week after coming out. And I really isolated for the first two weeks coming out. It was a lot like I did not go out. (laughs) I literally just saw my close family and friends, because it's overwhelming right? It's Mm -hmm. overwhelming to have all these people having a comment or an opinion about you or being a crazy fan for you and all the attention that you're getting. I think it was a little uncomfortable for me. So I really isolated for two weeks. And then like, I slowly started transitioning into like going out into public and speaking to people and getting back to people who were reaching out to me and making sure that I interacted with them and that, you know, I was visible, but it did. I took my time for sure. Watching the show because you got to watch the show once you came back. What did you think? (laughs) Was there anything you saw that surprised you? (laughs) To be honest with you, I actually haven't watched the show completely. (laughs) I keep up with Big Brother through Twitter. Yeah, that's fair. Through Twitter and the live feeds, because I feel like you really do get a bigger picture of what's going on on Big Brother from watching the live feeds and from Twitter and all the clips, as opposed to like the actual show where you're getting like a snippet of like everything that's happening. So I stayed connected with and updated through the live feeds, through Twitter, through certain pages that were keeping the fans up to date. Um I haven't sat down and watched, you know, my, my episodes. It's, I don't know what it is, but like, it's hard to explain because I, I, you know, when I was in the house, I was just like, as soon as I get out, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to binge watch like the entire season. I want to see how I look on TV. Like I want to see how I'm portrayed. I want to see, you know, how the story unfolds, but I haven't done that. The, the I've watched maybe three full episodes. So the night that I came home, I watched my eviction episode. And then after that, I watched maybe one or two episodes after that, but I haven't watched like episodes one to mm. where I was evicted. I feel like that alone is a little bit of a, like that must take, are you not like curious to know? Like, or is it just like, is there something stopping you in particular? I'm so curious, but I'm also a little bit anxious about like seeing myself on TV. Yeah. <laughs> that makes fair. sense. No. And I, I said to myself, I am going to watch. I'm going to like, you know, find somebody to like sit down and like watch it with and just kind of take it in with. But when you first come out of the house, like I think for me, it was a lot because like it's such a quick transition. One minute you're in the house with these people that you've been with for 24 hours and you're building all these connections really, really quickly. And you're mentally, emotionally, physically, you're in like this different realm. You're in this world and the outside world kind of doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. And then just like that, you're back into the real world, back into society. And it's kind of hard to be back into the real world and then watch these people that some of them have now become your friends continue playing the game while you're still on the outside watching it and you were just literally there yeah that would be really weird that makes me curious like when you get out of the house and i know that in the house you had some disagreements with some house guests when you get outside of the house does any of that matter like does all of that just stay in the house for me personally because you know i'm gonna keep it real (laughs) um 
anything that's game that was a game move, it stays in the house. Anything that was personal for me does not stay in the house. So there are certain people that were on my season that I do not like. And I think that I've made it very clear that I don't like them and they don't like me either. And that's completely okay because I don't think going into Big Brother, my intention was to make friends. However, I did come up with some really strong bonds and people that I'll be friends with forever. And then there's people that I'll never talk to again, or I don't care to be friends with, or they don't care to be friends with me. And I think that's completely okay. I think that as long as we re- re- we maintain like a level of respect for each other, mm-hmm. that's what's important. And to know that we share this experience and this bond, regardless of whether we're friends or not, that we'll carry with us for the rest of our life. So when I've seen certain clips and certain live feeds of people making personal attacks against me that have nothing to do with the game. Um, I take that personal because those actions and those microaggressions and those that gaslighting and stuff like that, that has serious implications in my real life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so if that's how you behave on TV, game or not game, then I'm going to assume that that could potentially be how you behave in the real world. And in the real world, that has consequences for me as a black woman, as a minority woman. So there, yeah. So there are certain things that, yeah, it stays in the house. Like for example, you know, Tina making a game move to, you know, not vote for me to stay and to kind of not be loyal to the sunsetters. That's a game move. Right. Mm-hmm. Was I upset at first? Like, was I kind of like in my feelings? Cause I really love Tina and we had such a great bond and <laughs> I think she's such an amazing woman. And I was like, butt hurt. Not going to lie. I was butt hurt. So I was just like, oh, like, I'm never going to talk to her again. And then as time goes by and I really like sit with myself and and really, you know, um, process everything. I'm like, she made a game move. I can't hold it against her. She did what she thought was best for her game. And not once did she ever make any personal attacks or comments about me that was inappropriate. So I love Tina and we will be friends forever. And I have so much respect for her as a person, as an individual and for the way she just chose to play her game. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Has anyone reached out and like apologized for any of the more personal stuff that's happened on the show or outside of it even? Um, Yes. Two people that I do not, uh, that I, I, I won't be continuing any kind of friendships with did reach out. Julie reached out. And I did not respond. I did not engage with her because I chose not to. That's the best choice I chose to make. I I feel like if you have nothing good to say, don't say it at all. And I feel like when people make personal attacks against me, they're either going to get a personal response or they're not going to get a response at all. So I chose not to respond. Um, I wish her all the best. I mean, I had a live recently where I spoke about how, you know, I really do admire Julie as, as a woman. I admire her journey, her strength and her courage. Um, She actually gave me that inspiration and that courage to come out as bisexual to speak about, you know, um, a little bit about my journey, because my journey was not easy by no means. And I did not have the support that I would have hoped that everybody should have when um, confronting their sexuality. And so I really admire and respect her for that on that level. But then on a personal level, um, I don't feel the need to have her in my circle in my life. But I do wish her all the best. And Mm -hmm. I I'm I think it was a great opportunity to have had this experience with her. But like going forward, we just won't be friends. Yeah, that's fair. And that's totally fair. I wanted to ask you about that moment uh, when you kind of came out as bisexual on the show. I mean, this season of Big Brother just globally was very diverse, like the most diverse season. Mm -hmm. And that scene on one of the first episodes where so many people were talking about their coming out stories and then you came out as bisexual. I just wanted to ask what that meant to you because that was like a big moment. It was huge to me. Um, I just kind of said it. And then, you know, like when you you say something and you're like, well, you can't take it back now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, are they going to air this part? Are they not going to air it? Is this on live feeds right now? And Like I said before, um, you know, my journey um, with my sexuality has not been easy. It's been very difficult. I did not have the support that I wish I had had. I've been, I've experienced or people in my life who I've loved and who I thought would support me have guilted me, shamed me, um, outcasted me. Um, just made me feel like because of who I choose to love or who I choose to date, I'm, I'm less than I really am or nothing. 
this is what, this is my complete identity. Nothing else mm-hmm. matters. Nothing else that I've done in my life. Nothing else that I've accomplished. The person that I am, my values, my integrity, um, my character no longer mattered because of this one thing that is a part of who I am that defines me as well. Um, so that was really difficult to overcome. I've had to go to like therapy for it. I've had to really deal with, you know, the response that I've gotten from uh, my my sexuality and from coming out um, as a bisexual. And so my close friends and my close family knew, but this was the first time that I was really owning it mm-hmm. in front of the world and saying that I don't care how you feel about the choices that I make in my life because the choices that I make in my life make me happy. Mm-hmm. And just really being true and honest with myself who I am and hopefully you know people out there who are struggling with the same thing hopefully they find inspiration to to live in their truth mm-hmm. and yeah. so that was really special for me it was and it it, it it wasn't necessarily even difficult at all it kind of just came out and it felt natural and I felt like I was in a really safe place to do that because yeah. you're in the house and you don't necessarily have to deal with the immediate reaction of everybody because you don't know what people are saying or thinking right so I didn't have to like display it and then get a whole bunch of messages or calls or reactions from people. I kind of just said it and owned it and didn't care what people thought. Yeah. yeah. And I think that moment was so powerful too, because there were so many other queer voices in the house. Queer people are all connected by these experiences of sometimes feeling less than because of our sexuality mm-hmm. or our identity. And so to see so many queer people in the house just sharing their stories I thought was a really important and like powerful moment. Yeah. And I think for me too, like they gave me that support that I didn't have before Yeah, being surrounded by them. That was the love and the support that I needed. And I got that from them. And so I'm grateful for like every single house guest that was on that couch that day, that was giving me their ear, their time and their attention to say like, I like, we hear you, we see you and we support you. Right. So like regardless of like even the bad stuff that happened in the house or the, you know, the the malicious stuff or, you know, the fights that happened, there were some so there were so many amazing moments where we we supported each other. Right. And so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It just sucks going into Pride Month that we can't actually like have that support in person again. Like I'm so bombed. I know. <laughs> this is more of like a fan question, I think, but like what do you actually spend the day doing? Like, you have 24 hours in the house. Like, do you just talk? I'm, how do you, how does time pass? Listen, there is so much downtime that I think that's a part of like the psychological mess of it all is yeah. you like 20, like you have this whole day, you don't know what time it is. Like, and you're literally just talking game a lot. Like, and you're you kind of get paranoid. You walk into a room and you're, you wonder like, was this person just talking about me? Are they plotting against me? It's like, you're constantly on edge. You're, you're literally, I went from couch to couch. Um, I tried to sneak, sneak in naps here and there, but never was successful. Always got called out. <laughs> you're literally just like talking game all day. Or sometimes when you make good connections with people, you talk about stuff that's not game related. I tried to work out as much as I could. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of downtime. There's not a ton of stuff to do, right? So you work out, you play pool, you talk game, but a lot of it is talking game. So imagine that every single day you are like talking game with all these different people and all these lies and, 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 and just, you don't know what's true, what's not true. And it's, your mind is constantly working. So you're, I was constantly tired like physically, Mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, because my mind was always running at no time does your mind pause. It's so exhausting. Yeah. And that kind of like, as a, like we've seen so much big brother over the years. And I think it's always so easy to look at someone and say, okay, they are overplaying the game. Like they're Mm -hmm. playing too hard, but hearing that is interesting because if you're left alone for hours and hours and hours with your thoughts and you don't know what the truth is, like, of course, you're going to go a little. Yeah. And you guys saw that, you know, people thinking that this person was plotting against them. You don't know what's the truth. Yeah. You know, you talk to this person, you get one story. You talk to that person, you get. So you're paranoid <laughs> all yeah. the time because you just yeah. you don't know. Right. You don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine. No. And I don't, you don't even really get any like alcohol or anything either. Right. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if I had some whiskey, it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> so going into the house, what would you say was your, like, what did you say to yourself was your main strategy? So my main strategy going into the house was I wanted to build strong connections. I wanted to be likable. I wanted to be a comp beast. I wanted to be somebody that people could trust. I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to be true. I wanted to be loyal, um, which kind of goes against everything that Big Brother is about, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. And I think that part of my game has been criticized. Like, you know, Big Brother is about lying and scheming. It's not about loyalty. But I really felt like, or I, I was really hoping that um, that would be an asset, that people, with everybody lying in the game, that would that people would see it as an asset that here's this one person that you know where they're, they stand at all times, right? Mm-hmm. You know what they're about, you know what, what their, who their target is, you know that when they give you their word, they mean it, right? And being in the house, being it, being so exhausted with all the lies, I thought that would work in my favor. And it did to a certain extent because Ty, Jed, and Keith, who I aligned with, they were kind of on the same page as me and they respected those values that I brought into the game. And so I think that had it not been for people in the house and their insecurities and their jealousy targeting me for really non-related game reasons, I probably maybe would have made it further, but that was, that was really my, 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 uh, my strategy going in was I was just going to be honest and I was just yeah. going to be myself and hopefully people would respect that and and gravitate towards that and hopefully it would get me far but it didn't <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is a totally valid strategy and people have gotten far in the game using that strategy it's all so like circumstantial like yeah. who's in power and who's playing in the veto and like all those things factor into why someone gets evicted so I don't blame your strategy <laughs> for why you got out of the house yeah <laughs> you know I'm kind of curious as well, like, what was your, what was, like, the best moment in the game for you? And, like, aside from getting evicted, what was your, like, what did you hate? What was the worst? So my best moment in the game was I'm a competitive person. I went on Big Brother to play Big Brother, to compete, mm-hmm. not to be mighty, yeah. not to talk shit about people, not to dislike people for personal reasons. I went in there strictly to play the game, to compete to compete hard, to win, and to make decisions based on strategy and based on what was good game-wise for me and whoever was in my alliance and whoever could get me further in the game. Yeah. So the competitions for sure were one of the best parts of the experience for me, just competing, just putting on the gear and just fighting through the pain. Like I love that stuff. I love competition Mm -hmm. and then one of my favorite my other favorite moments was I'd mentioned it before was the night before I got evicted I wasn't even 100% sure I was going home but I had a moment with Ty and Jed where we're on the couch and I was like greasing their scalp and I don't know that was really special for me uh, because it was strictly platonic and it was just three people showing each other love and having conversation and laughter and really caring for each other and I think that was really special for Canada to see and for the black community to see because that's not something that we see in an organic authentic way all the time right mm-hmm. um you know there's this discussion of, you know, like, you know, black women don't support, sorry, black men don't support black women or vice versa. And I think that we show that the opposite of that, right? And I think that was important. Yeah. I just want to touch briefly on you being a police officer, because I know that that's being a proud black woman and a police officer is quite the unique perspective. So I just want to ask, with everything that's gone on in the last year, what's your perspective on that? Like, what made you want to go into law enforcement? Yeah, so I've always wanted to be in law in some capacity. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer at first, and I've worked at law offices. I volunteered, and I was just like, this is not for me. I don't want to be behind a desk. This is really mundane and boring. It was just not for me. And so I know I've got, I know I've seen a lot of criticism about, you know, me being a, a, a police officer and a Black woman, and a lot of people don't like that. And here's the thing for me. I think now more than ever, being a Black female officer is so important. I'm not going to disregard or um, take away from the issues that we're facing in, in the world with policing and police brutality. It's very real and there needs to be a lot of change, but I want to be a part of that change. If you're going to criticize me for 
wanting to be a part of change and wanting to be an example, then that's your problem, right? Because that's not the perspective that I'm going to take. Mm -hmm. I know that when I'm in my community, a lot of the times it is important for me to be there because I understand that being a Black woman, there are people in my community that are going to see me and relate to me better than they are going to relate to my white counterparts or, you know, someone else and vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a different understanding and there's a different connection and there, and that's where the representation for me is so important. And that's how I see it. And I always just want to make sure that the person that I am and that the role that I play as a police officer, it's always with integrity and it's with love and it's with the intention to make a difference, to make a positive difference. And if people don't understand that, then that's sad and that's unfortunate because we need more minorities, right? Mm -hmm. We need more people in our community that actually reflect the community, that understand the community. And that's really the only way that we're going to build those bridges and make those connections and make those changes, right? And that's just my perspective. Um, I'm not going to quit my job because the public doesn't like it. I'm not going to quit my job because of police brutality. I want to do my job even more so that I can be the person that shows up to that call and maybe makes a better judgment call or yeah. has a positive influence, right? And that's just how I see it. Yeah, and yeah. that's really powerful because I think representation in all industries is important and all media, which is why this season of Big Brother Canada was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it feel to be a part of the most diverse season of Big Brother ever? It's amazing. It's, it's, I'm honored. It's, yeah. it's so amazing to be, this is like history that we've made. Yeah. Like literally it's, it's so amazing to be a part of this group and to be a part of this season and to be a part of this production and to just represent in so many different ways as a black woman, as a police officer, um, as a woman period, um, as a bisexual woman, yeah. um, there's just like so many <laughs> so many pieces to it right and then to to be a part of the season as well like there was so much education you know just like Keith being in the house and sharing his 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 experience with his community and educating us on the indigenous community that was special too Julie educating us on her trans experience you know there was just so many great moments and it was really so many teaching points and so many learnables in this season for even the people in the house but people outside of the house so I feel like I gained so much from being on this season and I think a lot of other people did too yeah yeah I think it was I think I think honestly everyone did it was a great season I've always said Big Brother Canada is better than Big Brother US but (laughs) I think BB Can and I really showed it too yeah. Apparently, that's what I've been hearing. I, I've been hearing that a lot that, like, you know, BBUS needs to take notes from BBK9. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did <Yeah>. the thing. <laughs> They really do, For honestly. Sure. At the beginning, you were talking about you You watched a few of the other seasons. Did you have a favorite? I think my favorite season was season seven with the Pretty Boys. I think it stood up for a lot of people. I feel like when I think about BB Ken, like, you, like Pretty Boys is just like a thing that you think about. It just kind of stands out. It's something that's unforgettable. Yeah. Um, I think the Sunsetters is too. I mean, (laughs) a bit, you know, with the loyalty piece and we didn't like, you know, go to the end per se, but I think that like, it was such a shit show and it was such a mess that like, we'll be remembered. But um, (laughs) definitely season seven um, was a great season to watch. One of my, like some of my favorite BB Camp people, like I love Erica because I think she's such a badass. Like she was so great and calm. I just love strong women. Um, I love Aika. Like, oh, I guess my yeah, yeah, everyone loves Aika. Literally. Oh, she's like everything. Um, she's such an amazing person, such an amazing soul. If someone wanted to audition for Big Brother Canada, what would what advice would you give them? Advice? Yeah. Be honest. Be yourself. Um, that's that's the advice. I was just myself. Like yeah. literally, like, and you know, like, you know, I was just myself and, you know, Victoria was just herself. Right. And, you know, everybody, I think when they auditioned, they were really just themselves. And I think that's what got them to where they were. That's what got them on the show. It's, it's the differences. Like we were all so different. Like Josh was genuinely just himself mm-hmm. and so many different personalities. And I think that's what they're looking for. Like they're not looking to fill the house with people that are all the same. You know, if you're a person that's going to make a video because and you want to cater it to what you think they're looking for don't do that because yeah. you don't know what they 
nobody knows what they're looking for. Just yeah. be yourself because you might be it, right? Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to give you a second to talk about your swimwear line and where people can find that. Yeah. So as you guys saw on Big Brother, um, I was a fashion designer. Uh, well, I am a fashion designer, but I did not tell the house guests that I was a police officer because I felt like that was going to hurt my game. And I really do think it would have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I would have been the first person out had they known I was a police officer. <laughs> so I went in there as a fashion designer. So I was like rocking my swimwear. Um, I just launched my recent um, collection. It's called the Mermaid Collection. Um, you can find us on Instagram at nude.swim. And you can visit the website um, www.nud3swim.com. Check out the pieces. I'm super proud that, you know, I got the opportunity to just wear something that I created, that I love, and I put my heart and my passion into it. That was super cool. So check it out. Support your girl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll have we'll have all of those links on the episode as well. So yeah. everyone can go. Thank you so much for sitting and chatting with us. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. And yeah. Stay safe out there too. I know Ontario, you're still in lockdown, right? Or yeah, so we're still in lockdown right now, but we are gonna be transitioning into like phase one, phase two of like reopening. So we're mm-hmm. slowly starting to get there where we're gonna be. Um, moving into like reopening stuff and hopefully getting back to somewhat of normalcy and hopefully being able to have somewhat of a summer. Fingers crossed. So everyone needs to get their nude swim. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, let's go. (laughs) Bye guys. That was nice. She's sweet. Mm -hmm. Hello? Mm -hmm. Are you here? Yeah. (laughs) No, she was really nice. Yeah, she was really nice. And I, I liked a lot of what she said about representation Mm -hmm. and her strategy going in and just wanting to be herself and how she deals with drama what a mature adult i would literally adult i would not know i couldn't relate i'd be petty as fuck yeah i'm petty too i just say you know what i don't even give a fuck you don't get a hundred (laughs) grand Yeah, Rissa, I'm not casting a vote. (laughs) Get out of Sharpie and write your name. Yeah, Liam. Liam voted for... Himself. (laughs) Liam. (laughs) Do you come in third then? Like, do I get $10,000? Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) We didn't even say what the prize is for Big Brother. Big Brother Canada, you win 100 grand. Second place, you win 20 grand. Is it 20? Or 25. Oh, wow. Big Brother US, you win 500? 500 grand. But like half that goes to taxes, so pretty Either way. I'll take whatever I can get. Literally. That was our episode. Just kidding. We have to do song of the week. Yes. You thought it was over? It's not fucking over. What Strap is, in. What is my song going to be? My song? My song is legendary. Is that the name of the song? No. <laughs> my song is by a little known artist named Bjork. Spelled B-J-O with those two dots above it. R-K. Bjork. Iconic. Swan dress. Strange lady. Love her. <laughs> and the strange lady love her and the song is called it's oh so quiet and i want to give a shout out to my dear sweetheart abby who showed me this song the song is insane that is the only way to describe the song insane <laughs> like what we're on the we're on the it? french riviera right now no, you're going not for long me. oh shh 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 not you skipping <laughs> And then it gets like chorus line, like, whoa, whoa. Check out that song, everyone. It'll change your life. I blasted it in an Uber the other day, and I think he was having a good time. That's awesome. What's your song? <laughs> I think my songs. Did I already do this one? I had a burst. I have a burst of energy I just got. I don't know why. I think it's the song. My song of the week is the Heads Will Roll A Track Remix. That's a good one. You play it every time we drink. <laughs> yeah. Love that song. That's good. Isn't it long, too? It is long, but it's fun to walk to because there's a lot of like moments where you're like, ooh. I love I music. The song I love music that's like good to walk to. Yeah. Like, has a beat that's good to walk to and mm. you kind of feel like you're like maybe in a music video and when you have headphones in you kind of like get more of an effect like sometimes you yeah. play music on speakers it's not the same yeah no because sometimes they do it it's an option when i edit the podcast too mm-hmm. like to make it only come out of oh my god you should do left that. or right headphones <laughs> i should make you come out of the left headphone and me the right okay let's okay i'll Jeez. do it Whoop, ah, i'll do it right now right. talk hey hey <laughs> no you keep saying hey Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Hey. We're in your ears. Oh, I can't talk at the same time. Why not? It's just going to... Oh, maybe... It, I don't know. Couldn't How does this sound, everyone? 
is this weird? You should make it go like wow, 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 wow. Yeah, we're just gonna keep doing experiments on your ears. <laughs> we will have links to Latoya's swimwear line, Nude Swim, in the description of this episode, as well as her socials, so you can go and give her love. Socials means social media. Yeah, in the in the biz, <laughs> that means social media. Yeah, in the podcast pod bids. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Two Servings Pod. You can learn more about us at Two Servings And you can email us at hate mail at Two Servings Pod at gmail.com. Please. I've only got one hate email. Yeah, only one. What the fuck? And it was from Abby. Literally. Please <laughs> give us a five star rating in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your potties. If they allow ratings. But if they allow the way. It really helps. Really helps. Don't you want to help us? Review us on Google Maps. On Yelp. Yeah. Yellow Pages. Yellow Pages doesn't exist anymore. Urban Dictionary. Oh my god. We should make an Urban Dictionary intro for ourselves. You Wikipedia. Intro? Can someone make us a Wikipedia page? Because I was looking into it, and you it says, don't make your own Wikipedia page. Conflict of interest. And I want a Wikipedia page well, for this well, podcast. Are they going to stop you? How are they going to stop you? I don't know. They won't know. It was scary. That was like a warning message. I was like... I'm not that warning message. So, whoever's out there, make us a Wikipedia, and we will pay you in sexual favors. No. (laughs) Goodbye. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.